Hello everyone and welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, this week I am joined by Andrew Millington and Lee Murphy from the Everton Aren't We podcast. Delighted to have them join us for this week's edition. We're going to be going over all the talker points of the last week, of course, which saw the Blues get a tremendous victory and a relegation six-pointer. And now obviously we've got another home game coming up against Aston Villa where we'll be looking to come back with all three points again. Uh, so Lee, I'll come to you first, mate. Obviously the importance of the Leeds United game couldn't be couldn't be understated. Um, I think coming coming out of Goodison on Saturday, and we saw all those other scores around us. You know, you look at wins for Southampton, wins for Bournemouth, points for Nottingham Forest. It was just it just amplified just how important it was that we came away with maximum points, wasn't it? So, what were your thoughts on on the Leeds game? Yeah, well, just touching on that. I mean, that's just typical Everton, isn't it? We get a big win, but everyone else around us wins. So it would have been nice if a few of them teams would have dropped points, but at least we got the win because it was a massive, a massive important win. Like I thought, the game itself was pretty poor. Yeah, if I'm honest, I mean, compared to the Arsenal game, it was like chalk and cheese. It was totally different. But at the end of the day, performances don't really matter right now. It's about getting us up that league table and securing safety for next season. So. Yeah, just hopefully I'd take another five or six one nil wins. Me doesn't bother me. Yeah, of course just, you would. Absolutely, it's, it's it's vital, isn't it? And you mentioned there just the one nil win, but results is the main thing. Andrew, obviously, huge results for Everton. There were times where the, the clock was ticking on, and we were getting to the second half, and it was looking like, does this side have goals? Where are the goals going to come from here? Are we going to be able to <laughs> to pull it out the bag? But we did. Uh, so what was your what was your take on the game? You know, obviously Lee mentioned there, in typical Everton fashion, the other teams around us who were essentially competing against get points as well. But it's just the main thing is that we just worry about ourselves and we get the job done. So I'm impressed with you with the with the results. Uh, I was actually more impressed than Lee was with this one myself. Uh, I think that might just be coming off the back of the Anfield Derby. And we looked hopeless in that one. It wasn't that we played well and got beat by a better team. That happens a lot. This, we actually played very well. We got the win. But your question about where do the goals come from? I think that's still a fair concern because Coleman uncorking a worldie is not something we can count on week in and week out. I still think we need more attacking teeth and it's not quite there yet, but I do. I'm still reticent to fully support Daesh. I was a big Bielsa guy. I very much still want that because I'm ridiculous, but I'm seeing more of the bones of a fight and a collective effort. uh, At least two out of the three games that we played. Yeah, of course that's it, isn't it Lee? And we mentioned there about how goals are obviously a concern. Goals have been a concern all season. Neil Malpai came back into the side. Obviously, Ellis Sims dropping out after starting the Merseyside derby. Um, so, obviously, Coleman with the goal. Tarkowski with the goal at Arsenal. Our forward line just aren't doing it. But our forward line haven't been doing it all season. After So, were you concerned as the game ticked on? Did you think that this has just got a nil-nil draw written all over it? And, you know, how do... Just on the goal subject, we talk about the goals for a moment... Do, do we keep Sims in at the weekend? What What is the solution here? Because, you know, our defenders aren't going to be scoring the goals every single week. We'd like them to, of course. I mean, you said it yourself. You t- we take 1-0 wins between now and the end of the season if it ensured our survival. But 
it's just a massive concern, isn't it, Lee, at the moment with the with the lack of goals, uh, are hardly free flowing in this side, Ardy. It's been a concern since Carver Lewin got injured at the start of last season. I mean, how how we haven't like even tried to replace him is just beyond me. But yeah, it is a it's a major concern because obviously, as I said before, you'd like I don't mind winning one 0 but you can't be relying on the likes of Coleman, Tarkovsky. You know, Gray scores a world he wants every fifteen games. So technically, he's probably due one in the next four to five. To be fair, but now it's it's something that the club have got to address in the summer. Doesn't matter what league we're in, we need a, a whole new forward line essentially. Whether we're in the Championship or the Premier League, um, I just don't see where. I think we'll nick a few enough, enough one nil wins, but. You just you want that comfort blanket of like a second or third goal, and I just don't see this team right now scoring two or three goals a game to make games comfortable. Oh, yeah, that's it. Isn't it? You know, Neil Malpai hardly fills you with great, great optimism. No. He's going to get on the score sheet. Um, obviously, I mentioned before he came in for Ellis Sims. Andrew, obviously, Ellis Sims came came on, and I thought he put himself about in the Leeds game. I must say, I did think he looked promising. Massive call to throw him into the derby. We know this. But would you like to see a bit more of him now? Would you like to see him stay in the side, go on a bit of a run? You know, obviously, we've got another home game on Saturday. Neil Malpai doesn't... You know what I'm... At Brighton, he had a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a nuisance. You know, he winds people up. And we'd like to to be able to utilise that side of him. But the game's about goals, isn't it? And it it just doesn't like it's clicking for him at the moment. But I go back to that point made about Ellis Sims. He came on, he put himself about... And obviously a very raw and young player, but the, maybe his potential there, he, he can do a job for us between now and the end of the season. Yeah, and I think Dice seems to be the manager, the type of manager that rewards confidence uh, and oh, enterprise. Like that pass that Sims put out to Decore, that Decore kind of completely botched that one-on-one. But to him, for him to have that vision, to see that and attempt it and pull it off, that's huge for me. And in regards to Mopai, he had a reputation, but he did score goals. But Brighton were also very, very good at creating chances. I mean, they were XGFC. And he got so many more touches in the box there than he ever will with us. And that's just not statistically viable for us to keep him starting if we're only going to give him one to two touches in the box every game. Yeah, absolutely. Neil Mopai, the money spent... It's you do want more, but I completely agree. Uh, midfield, albeit this since Dyches came in, there's been there's been plaudits and fairly, and you know rightly so for those players. But you know you think back to players we've had in the past, like your Hameses and players like this who have you know created cutting edge chances and linked up the play and cut teams mm-hmm. open. Maybe there isn't that exact type of player to be able to, you know, complement Malpai's abilities as such. Really, yeah. And Sim seem the, the word I was looking for I couldn't find was bravery. Sim seems to have courage, and I think Dice respects that and will give him a chance to show his quality and build up. We got the goal in the end. It was it was a, a worldie, whether he meant it, whether he didn't. Seamus Coleman either way hit the back of the net, and it was almost like it was almost like everyone didn't know it gone. And I saw the video, it looked like it was a Mexican wave in the Bullens rolled at one point because it was just it's just like from where I was sat in the main stand, it just didn't look like it had gone in. I thought it was in the side netting, but either way, it was Seamus Coleman Lee. 
you know, a player who, you know, signed by David Moyes and he's scoring winning goals for Everton at his age. Before we move on from the Leeds game itself, it's always nice to see Seamus Coleman score a goal for Everton, isn't it? And the stakes are never higher at the moment, given our situation. But credit where credit's due, Coleman. Obviously, he's not going to get the game time that he would have done filling in for Patterson. He's standing up and being counted, which is what you want from your captain, isn't it? Well, that's, you've just took the words out of my mouth. When you need players to stand up, Coleman, you know, nine times out of ten, stands up and delivers. Whether that's normally defensively, to be fair. But, I mean, he actually did mean it. He actually done an interview after it. And he said he, lo- he had a little look up and seen there was no one in the box. And he knew Melier was going to be sort of like, he seen Melier move across his box. So he thought, I just did it. He said, I didn't expect it to go in. But he definitely meant it. And it's, it's a shame that the end, towards the end of his Everton career, we've actually regressed. Because yeah. if there's one player in this, in the last 15 years that's played for this club, that deserves a trophy, it's probably him. For his like commitment to the team and the amount of appearances he's made and stuff like that. But he'll still keep putting that shirt on and giving everything he's got. And that's just the type of character he is. So hopefully he stays on for another year or so. Because I think he's still got a lot to offer to youngsters, especially. Yeah, Andrew, just finally, before we move on from the Leeds game, Seamus Coleman, it, it's impossible not to like him, isn't it? You know, he carries such such a weight on his shoulders. He really drags this Everton side through the tough times, doesn't he? And it was just it was just complete Everton personified, wasn't it? You can see how much it meant to him as he scored on the goal. And, you know, he scored a similar one in a similar situation almost exactly a year on. So it's fantastic. So we don't know how many more years we're going to get out of Seamus Coleman. I know his contract's up at the end of the season. Uh, whether he stays on for another year, as Lee just said. I, I think, you know, at 34, I think he can still do a job for another year or two, perhaps. Um, I'd like to see him stay on. Um, but, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Seamus Coleman still standing up and being counted, which it's all you want from your skipper. Yeah, no, he's the spirit animal of the team at this point, And he deserves better the board's mismanagement of our windows for the past three, four years to find him an understudy where we should have done like we did actually pretty well with Baines and Luca Dean. We have not done that for Coleman, at least reliably. And he should have been bringing up somebody to take his place to make them ready. And he's had to carry on past his physical prime. He still gives every ounce of effort that he's got in him. And I love him for it. So more of that, but let's hope we don't have to rely on it. Hopefully so, but yeah, absolutely. Just before we move on to the Leeds game, Seamus Coleman, always delighted to see him score a goal in, in such big circumstances. So huge three points at the weekend it was, and we can move on now. Take it. We're all not getting ahead of ourselves game by game. We knew we had to win it, and we did, and now we move on to Aston Villa. Um, just before we look at the relegation picture in a wider sense and delve into the Villa game a little bit, it's almost been exactly... Next week, a month since Sean Dyche was confirmed as the Everton manager. He's managed three games for us. He's had two wins and a loss at the time of recording. Obviously, the loss was the Merseyside derby, which we don't we don't expect much out of that game anyway. But two home games, which were massive results for us. One nil wins against Arsenal and Leeds. Dyche has obviously came in and he's got one job on his hands. Let's let's have it right. And his job is to keep Everton in the Premier League. So, Lee, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Sean Dyche, three games in, one loss, two wins. Um, do you think he's exceeded expectations? Is it what you'd expect? And overall, just what's what's your sort of take been on, on Dyche's first sort of month as Everton manager? He's just 
I, I think he's just gone back to basics and he's put a bit more belief in these players because we know he hasn't bought in anyone in the transfer market. And I think a lot of his job has now had to be put confidence into the players who are already here. And I think the early signs are that he that he's doing that. Um, so what, what, what what's your take on, on Dice's tenure so far? I, I think, well, he's expe- ex- exceeded expectations because I think I'll, most Evertonians, and we were talking about it in our chat, um, you would have took a point or two from the Arsenal and Liverpool games, and he got three straight away. So straight away, he's exceeding expect- in terms of points anyway, and the performance, to be fair. Um, just on him in general, though, I think, like you said, he's just stripped it back. He's just demanded hard work, commitment, you know, and the players so far, I mean, I don't really like talking about a derby because plenty of Everton teams and Everton managers have gone there and done the exact same. Yeah, It's just a case of a ground for us. Mm. It really is. But the other two games, you can see there's a desire and a fight. So I I wanted them out of the two, out of him and Bielsa. I preferred him as a choice because he's got so much more experience in the league. And I think coming towards the end of the season, that might show. So hopefully he just carries it on and we pick up another three points against Villa. Yeah, Andrew, obviously Lee there, we spoke about Dyche's experience, how he's probably the, let's have it right, he's the best man for the job. And I think if we're being honest, I think we're quite lucky to have him at this point. You look at the, the managerial situations at Southampton and Leeds, and I think they'd be they'd be desperate to be able to get a hold of him. So he's definitely the best man for the job. I think that's quite clear to see. But for you personally, Andrew, what, what have you made of Dyche's start? Uh, three games, six points. We mentioned the derby there, which we don't really count because much better Everton sides and much better you know, players have gone there and suffered a similar sort of fate. But Deitch, would you is this the sort of start you expected under Deitch? I know it's still very early days. It's three games in, you know, yeah. but but still, I, I think we're on the right tracks. Would you agree with that? I would. I'm very pleasantly surprised. Um, like I said, I was all for the Bielsa camp because I think his zoomed out view of uh, top to bottom restoration from the academy on up was needed. I think it is still needed, and I don't think Daesh is quite that guy. But if the goal is to just cling to life and stave off relegation, yeah, Daesh is the better choice, no doubt. And taking three off Arsenal, a very deadly in-form Arsenal was shocking uh, how good we looked against them. Obviously, Anfield happened. We won't talk about that. But... Leeds, even though it wasn't the prettiest game, it was scrappy. Our midfield did not get bullied by a couple of hard-ass players. Uh, Tyler Adams is fantastic. Weston McKinney playing with Tyler Adams, also very good. And Brennan Aronson, like, that's a solid core. And our midfield bossed it, and we never gave him an inch. So even though it wasn't, you know, beautiful football or anything like that, it showed what Deitch can get out of players, at least mentality-wise. So do you think, I mentioned this briefly before, but do you think a, a lot of Dice's job is to just instill a bit of belief into these players? Because, you know, the, these players, they're, they're not the greatest. We know this. But they do they really warrant relegation? You know, you look at some of their names, you know, Onana, you know, Decore, Idrissa Garnagay, you know, played in Champions League with Paris Saint-Germain. Do you think a lot of Dice's job has literally just been to just put confidence and a bit of belief in these players' own abilities then? Yeah, and this is objectively, on paper, the best squad he's ever had. And I was of the opinion that Daesh made Burnley before I saw kind of how he's played with us. But it seems like the resources they had at Burnley made him 
play the way he did and use the tactics that he did. I fully expected against Arsenal for us to sit, you know, 10 men behind the ball. And that did not happen. We were up in their faces. We were pressing, we were intercepting, we were causing errors. Um, So if we can, you know, move that aggressive defense, if that makes any sense and keep that fight going, it seems like a very Everton thing. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree. So moving on the relegation, it's very tight. It's very tight down there, the bottom end of the league. I've got the table up now. You know, you've got Southampton rock bottom on 18 points, and then you've got they've literally got the Crystal Palace in 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 12 on 26 points. It, it does nothing in it at all. Um, one slip up can be disastrous. A couple of wins can do everything for you. And, and soon have you looking up to that mid-table sort of range. Obviously, we currently sit in 16th. That victory took us out of the relegation zone, which was a much welcome sight to see. Um, albeit it's 16th, but knowing that we're not in that danger zone as such is is great. Obviously, West Ham as well, with that disappointing result against Tottenham. Well, disappointing for them, for for us, not so much. But it's all very tight down there, of course. Uh, Aston Villa at the weekend. Aston Villa aren't too far away. Um, Lee, before we talk about the Villa game just itself, what, what do you make of the whole relegation picture as a whole? Because, you know... You just cannot call it. Who would have had Southampton um, getting anything, you know, against Chelsea? Who would have had Forrest getting that point against City? Leeds, they've got a new manager coming in, Javi Grazia, probably play, played them at the at the right time. A lot of teams have had a new manager bounce. Um, Wolves, they're up and down. Leicester can very easily get sucked back into it. Just as a whole, do you think it's just so hard to call at the moment or do you think it's a case of what Everton literally just need to focus on their own game, take it game by game at a time and it'll take the rest will just take care of itself. Well, I, I think Everton just need to concentrate on themselves because what we did at the weekend, we put it back into our own hands and that was something that we all said last year. It never got, I think it only got at one point when Burnley beat us that it was out of our hands. We were relying on other teams. Now we've clawed it back into our hands we just have to concentrate on ourselves, get as many points as we can, and hopefully it's enough. But just on the other point, I think looking at I'm just having a little look now myself. I think if we beat Villa, we we drag them back into it. And it just shows how competitive the league is because Chelsea are in tenth and they're only on thirty one points. They're only three points ahead of Villa. I mean, I'm not saying Chelsea are gonna <laughs> get dragged into it by any means, but you know. You wouldn't have thought with the money that Chelsea have spent, they'd be, what? They're actually only 11 points off the relegation zone. Yeah, it's nuts, isn't it? It's it's just crazy, and it just shows how year on year now that it's just getting so competitive. It is, and, and you know what? You'll, you'll get found out if you cannot you cannot yeah. string a few results together. You will get found out, and it's just such a good job that Everton made this managerial call when they did because if we didn't pick up the results we have done since Dyke just came in, we we very very easily be losing touch with the pack. We really would because those those six points in hindsight now were absolutely massive for us. They were huge because, like I said, we we we'd be really playing catch up. But then on the flip side of that, it's just as frustrating because if we made that managerial choice a little bit earlier then we could be comfortably in mid-table, I think, back to the games against Wolves, the games against Southampton. But it's, you know, hindsight's a great thing. Could have, would have, should have. Um, Andrew, going to come to you, mate. Um, it's so tight. Obviously, we've mentioned this now. It's so... It's on a knife edge almost. There's a lot of football still to play. There's an awful lot of football still to play. We've still got to play teams 
around us. We've still got to play teams above us. You know, we've got the, the Nottingham Forest game soon, um, which is another team that's in and around where we are. But, you know, in the position we're in, we've really got to take it a game at a time. Um, do you agree with what Lee said? It's just, it's just testament to just how competitive this, this league is and you just can't afford to take your foot off the gas. I think the league is very competitive, always has been for the past few years. But this year, you've seen some stumbles that weren't expected, like Chelsea, like Liverpool to an extent, Forrest buying half of Western Europe and still not you know, making a go of it like Brentford did, like Leeds did when they came up. So, I don't know. It seems. Remember that quote that Bill likes to say, like, oh, they look at Everton's board and they do that? Seems like Chelsea is kind of following that blueprint right now, <laughs> unfortunately for them. I really like Potter. I do. I just think he might not be the type of manager that's meant to manage like 20 divas on one squad like Carlo can. I think he might have been better with the scrappy underdogs as a collective. That All that said, yes, it is in our hands right now, and we need to keep it that way on home form alone. Uh, don't give anyone an inch. Do not play the beta. Like, don't let people attack us and let us just, unless it's painfully obvious, like a city where we're just never going to see the ball. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? So, so <laughs> it's competitive. Uh, but again, Everton, you know, are notorious for when, when the pressure's on them and when the expectancy's there, we just do not deliver. Um, the Leeds game, it was so clear that it was a team around us and we had to just, we simply just have to start beating teams around. There's something we've not done all season. You think back to those, you know, I mentioned them before, Southampton, Wolves. Um, Bournemouth twice. Yeah, Bournemouth twice, exactly. You know, this, these are games that you just, you're just just kicking yourself because there's a good chance that, again, I go back, it could have, would have, should it. It's all well and good saying it now, but if we maybe did have a, a different manager and a, a Sean Dyson earlier, you know, things might not be as, as perilous as they currently are. Um, but we go into this game Saturday just before we start to wrap things up. Aston Villa, it's another team, you know, they're not they're not shoulder to shoulder with us, but they're definitely, you know, Lee mentioned this before. If we can pick up three points, then they're definitely within our within our radar and someone we can pull back into it for sure. And we can look to potentially start thinking about leapfrogging them as we maybe try to claw back a bit of a mid-table finish. And if we do, that would just be amazing considering how how um how awful we've been. I hope I haven't just put the kiss of death on it there, mentioning the word mid-table. But um, yeah, Aston Villa at the weekend, the Goodison Park, a team that we don't have the best of records against in recent years, it must be said. Um, tough game. They've obviously gone through a bit of a bit of a sticky spell recently. Things have picked up briefly under Unai Emery, still a, a good manager, good players. They gave Arsenal a game-ish for most of most of it last weekend, but it's going to be a tough one, Lee, isn't it? You know, go back to that point I made about great players. Unai Emery knows what he's doing, experienced manager. It's going to be it's going to be a step up from Leeds United because they, they were really, really poor. It's going to be a, a bit of a tougher task than that, but Everton have just got to approach the, the game with the same work ethic, the same attitude, and there's no reason why we can't go and give them a game and hopefully get three points, which would be absolutely huge for us. Yeah, it would be. I, I mean... Villa will be a much, much tougher test. They are a much better team than Leeds. I think Leeds is probably one of the worst teams I've seen at Goodison in the last couple of years. And that's including Everton. Yeah, that's by the way. <laughs> <laughs> They were really bad. They all, I mean, 
how many teams have you seen have zero shots on target against us? Yeah. We were like, at the start of the season, even when we were defensively solid, we were giving away 15, 16 shots on target every game virtually. It was just nuts. So to see that from them, but I do not expect that against this Villa side. As you say, they have hit a bit of a sticky patch, but Unai Emre is one of the best coaches in Europe, I think. I mean, what he done at Sevilla, the amount of Europa Leagues he won. He had a tough time at Arsenal, which is, you know, they were going through a rough period themselves on the boardroom and stuff like that. But now I think as long as we stick to whatever game plan Dice puts out, and I think he will have a game plan for every opponent because he's very meticulous in that way, um, I think we can still get the three points. So hopefully... He puts out as well the strongest team he feels, and we can roll them over. Yeah, Andrew. Of course, the fans are going to be right up for it. Goodison Park, Saturday, three o'clock. There is a bit of a bit of a feel good factor around the place at the moment, which is always good. Um, I'm very careful how I choose my words here because whenever we sort of get a bit carried away, we normally know how that ends up. Um, but listen, we've got to take confidence, haven't we? You've got to in the position we're in. The Merseyside derby aside, it's been a really, really positive start to Dyche's time as Everton manager. And Leeds United, it was a game that we had to win. The players knew we had to win. The fans knew we had to win. And we came up against a side, a fellow fellow relegation rival, and we did the business, albeit it was only by one goal, but we did get that result. And Aston Villa, we, you know, it's a great chance for us to pull them into it. They won't want to be coming to Goodison and the fans are going to be up for it. So it's a huge opportunity. I feel like if we can, if we can win this game... You then look at Dyche has won three out of his opening four games and he's already matched Lampard's whole win rate in the league for the whole season, which is mad in itself. I think maybe other teams around us will start to take note that we are serious about getting out of this mess then. What do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. Uh, 5-0 Everton. What You were saying something about being carried away. I didn't catch that. Um, no, uh, <laughs> Villa has shipped about nine goals in the last four games. And I think there's a psychological aspect of that that could help us out. Um, I think a one nil win is very, very doable, uh, especially uh, I think we could do something to Dean off the right-hand side. He's never been spectacular defensively. And I think there might be an opportunity there uh, with a Wobi. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Uh, obviously, just finally, before we finish, we've got to touch on the other bit of breaking news today, which wasn't initially planned for us to talk about, but we have to talk about it. Um, Jordan Pickford, in the last couple of hours, it's it sort of been muted that he is going to sign a new deal with the club, something that, had, that was talked about earlier in the season, but before it all hit the fan, it started to go very quiet, and there was a few rumblings that he was looking to move elsewhere, you know, deal running out next year and all that. Um, Lee, surprised that this is this has come to fruition, or do you think it was always in the pipeline and it's just you know come back to the forefront again? A bit of both because the the rumblings coming out of the club where they were waiting to see where, what league we were playing in, and obviously we by no means secured our Premier League status for next season. But at the same time, he's obviously we've heard the same rumblings saying he's been happy at the club, he's happy to stay. So it doesn't surprise me. It it's surprising me slightly at the timing. If we are waiting until we've secured Premier League status, because we're nowhere near it yet. But I think it's good news. Even even if it is only 
to get a bigger fee for him in the summer. They're protecting their assets. And let's face it, he's probably our biggest asset we've got right now. So I'm all for it. I think he should have signed it before the World Well, when he came back. But obviously, it got shelved for whatever reason. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. I think he's a top-class goalkeeper. And I think if he goes somewhere, we'll only regret it. Oh. Yeah, you know, it might, might be one of them rare instances where Everton are actually doing a bit of forward planning and, you know, as you say, protecting their assets there. Andrew, do you see this as the case of Everton are looking to get a bit of a bigger fee for them in the summer? If they are, then this is definitely the right way to do it. Tottenham are probably the... It's probably the the most noise has been coming out of them. You know, they've had the goal, goal, their own goalkeeping problems with Hugo Lloris. It looks like a, a reasonable option for them to go for England's number one on his day. He's a world-class goalkeeper and all that. Uh, what's your reaction to that news that's broke um, this evening or I suppose this afternoon for yourself? I think it's a win-win for everybody involved right now. I think Pickford slow playing this has helped because now there'll be a relegation clause because of how close we are to that razor's edge. He's beloved here, so if he stays, it's great. Uh, if he has the relegation clause in there, he can leave anyways, so who cares? And then, like you said, Everton gets to protect his asset in the end regardless. So I think this is a great bit of business that probably happened accidentally. I would say, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I agree with you there. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Pickford looks like he's on the verge of signing a new deal with Everton. Um, surprising news, definitely. Um, didn't see that one coming because it had all gone very quiet after it had been spoken about quite a lot earlier in the season. But, yeah, hopefully, Saturday, we can continue this feel-good factor and we can get three points. And, as I say, for Deitch, if we can get three wins out of his opening four games, um, that would just be absolutely huge. And we can really be on the right track to hopefully getting out of this mess. But, you know, like we've said... Uh, it's just taking it a game at a time. Game at a time. No one's getting too carried away. Very pragmatic. Like you said, Lee, at the start of the pod, you know, if we had 1-0 wins putting down the end of the season, we'd take that as long as we can just get over the line. And we're in a very a very good position to do that. We're equipped now. I think there's a lot of managers in and around us who have now parted company with their manager who would have loved to have got Sean Dyson. So hopefully we're onwards and upwards. As I say, don't want to get too carried away, of course. Don't want to keep reiterating that point, but we're on the right tracks. If the, if the last few performances, Derby aside, or anything to go by, I think it's fair to say we're on the right tracks. And if they continue that that sort of level of performance and you know that, that work ethic and hard work, then there's no reason why we can't get out of this mess and we've got every chance of staying up. So we shall leave it there. Big thanks to the lads for jumping on the stream tonight. Uh, the pod, I should say. This podcast is available wherever you get your normal podcasts from. There'll be a version going out on YouTube as well. Also, be sure to check out the Everton Army podcast. Some great content going on over there. Big thanks again to Lee and Andrew for jumping on the podcast tonight. Cheers, lads, for jumping on. And hopefully we can celebrate three points at the weekend. Cheers, everyone. Thank you very much. <laughs>